temporary. So many things in life are temporary. Trends come and go. Fads are here today and gone tomorrow. For example, I can hardly keep up with the terminology and phrases my kids and their friends use. About the moment I begin to catch on and use the word, it's no longer trendy or popular. And to avoid embarrassing my children and the rest of our young people, I won't give any examples today. But the truth is we're used to things that come and go. Words, expressions, celebrities, politicians, businesses rise in popularity for a time, then fade away. And while we're sad to see some of these things and people go, we rejoice that others have gone away. And while it's a hard truth to acknowledge, churches come and go too. Once they were full and thriving, now their buildings are dark, dusty, and empty. It is a sad but all too true reality. And throughout its existence, Bridgewater Church has gone through its own highs and lows, at times thriving and at other times on the brink of collapse. But God has seen fit to use this church for over 200 years. What began in 1808 continues today. There's still an anticipation of what God is going to do among us. We still assume God is already at work in the lives of the people who attend our services. And while we do not know what's in store for our church or what the future holds, we do know what we ought to be doing. That's because the instructions Jesus left for his followers have not expired. They still apply today. I believe Bridgewater is a place where people believe that. And that is why God is still allowing us to play a part in changing people's lives. You see, for followers of Jesus, the commands of Jesus don't come and go with the passing of time and neither should our obedience to them. Jesus said he would build his church and we believe time hasn't dampened his zeal for his church. And we are so grateful for how God is using Bridgewater Church. We continue to see lives changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. This has been happening because followers of Jesus have been obeying his commands. What I mean is that you, the people of Bridgewater Church, caught the vision of what could happen if you truly believed and obeyed Jesus' commands, that you could reach your friends, co-workers, neighbors, and schools with the good news of Jesus Christ. You haven't relied on the pastors or church staff to do it. We have certainly tried to do our part, but that alone doesn't change a community. It takes more than the people on stage or on a staff. It takes everyone who is a part of this church to believe that the same work God did in their lives, he wants to do in the lives of the people they know and that he wants to use them to bring it about. I believe that's why we've been able to celebrate 44 people accepting Jesus as their savior and 42 going public with their faith through baptism so far in 2022. But I wanna urge you to stick with it. We each need to personally commit to do our part and not allow the mission Jesus gave us to take a role of lessening importance in our lives. If we're gonna remain committed to what Jesus gave us to do, we must remember why we exist as followers of Jesus and as a church. So I wanna take you to Luke's gospel, chapter 10, to see what our purpose, our, our why is, as Jesus not only reveals why his followers should be making disciples of Jesus, but also tells them how to go about it. Luke chapter 10, verses one, two, and three. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. In this passage, Jesus is sending out a group of his followers, 72 in all. He commissioned them to go to all the places he was about to go. He wanted them to engage with people and prepare them to meet Jesus. They were to go do the work of telling people about Jesus, and Jesus would do his part and complete the work they began. But in all that's happening in this passage, this truth is perfectly clear, and this is our purpose. This is our why. God wants to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't send people out for no reason. He was going to change people's lives. He had come to seek and save the lost. He had brought salvation to the world, and he was going to use people to deliver it. Jesus gave his followers instructions, and they followed them. In faith, they believed, and as a result, obeyed. This is how the message of Jesus has spread from generation to generation. Followers of Jesus have, for years, been doing what Jesus told his followers to do. So, if we do what they did, the work will continue. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's because somebody did what the people did who were there to hear Jesus give these instructions. And this begs some questions. What did they do? What do we need to do? What is our role in his mission? What are we to do? First, we pray for more workers. We see this in verse two, where he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. We are to pray that people would rise up and reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to pray that God would ignite a passion in his people to make more and better disciples, that is, followers of Jesus. Instead of praying for an easier job, Jesus says they are to pray for more workers to join them. And we today need to pray that same prayer. Notice that it's the workers, not spectators, who pray for more workers. I'm afraid too many of us are praying for somebody else to do a job we are unwilling to do ourselves. So God determines the ends, but he also determines the means. He will send out workers to tell people about Jesus, but he will do it in response to the prayers of those workers. Would you commit to pray that God would send out more workers to make Jesus known? So because God wants to change people's lives, we are to pray for more workers. But that's not all. We also see, and this is the second part of our role in Jesus' mission, we do the work. Verse 3 says, Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. They were to go tell people about Jesus. So if we do what Jesus told them to do, then we will go and reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you've been sent. Paul echoes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 to 21, when he says that we're ambassadors for Jesus, representing him to the world. So Jesus tells these followers to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. Then he sends those very workers out. What this means is that we are the workers and we are the answer to our own prayers. But what is this going to mean for you and me? Think about it with me. At some time and in some way, someone inconvenienced themselves in order to help introduce you to Jesus. And 
and have even made it a priority to help you grow in your relationship with him. They may have given their time, money, a day off, their comfort, convenience, plans, or, or laid down their preferences in order to help bring you to Jesus. In some cases, they sacrificed all those things. And for what? For this, to watch God change your life. They believed time had not expired on what Jesus commanded them to do. They believed that they should do the same thing these followers did. They believed they had a role to play in God changing your life. And we're so grateful. That's what God is still doing at Bridgewater. He's changing lives and he's using you to do it. The evidence of what God has done in, through, and among us is all over the place. We are so grateful for all God has done, but we're begging him not to stop. And how has all this happened? How did, how did we get there? Why has Bridgewater not closed and faded into memory? What happened was when there was work to be done, ministries to serve in, and people to engage, you didn't look around for who God would use. You looked in the mirror. You stepped up. You sacrificed. You answered the call. You understood that the advancement of the gospel of Jesus multiplies through the sacrifices and efforts of God's people, energized by the power and presence of God among his people. So many of you have done your part, and we are urging you to keep it up. The work is not finished. Jesus' command to tell people about him is not temporary for us. God is still changing lives, and we want to be involved in that. But what that will mean is we will always stay one or two steps ahead of comfort. Our faith that God is still changing lives means we've got to obey Jesus' command to tell people about him. And as we watch him change lives, our faith grows. And this prepares us for greater and more costly levels of obedience. You see, great faith always results in great obedience. And I wonder what God wants to do next through the people of great faith and obedience who make up Bridgewater Church. It's fun to dream about it, but we will obey and we will do our part and let God determine what he does through us. So let me urge you once again to pray for more workers and, and to do the work. Why? Why would we do that? Because God wants to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. His zeal has not faded and his commands have not expired. Let's together resolve to obey so that we can continue being a part of God changing people's lives through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good morning. Good morning. So Josh stated that we are to pray for more workers and then we're to go and actually do the work. So what does that mean for us? It means that we are very missional in what we do. In our day-to-day -day lives, that not only do we pray for people, but we look for opportunities to serve them. We look for opportunities to share Jesus with them. It begins with Sundays like last week, where we go out into the community and we serve our community. But don't let it stop there. It should continue in our daily lives as we have a desire to show the love of Jesus to other people. I want to tell you a story this morning about a young man and his wife. Um, 
Eddie and Heather. They came to our campus in 2019 to 2020. And they came and began to attend our small group. And as they were attending our small group, she would attend most of the time. He sometimes wouldn't attend because he had uh, college classes that he was taking. So it would often be just, it would, Heather would be there with us, and she would say, she would say, can you, can we pray for my husband that he would come to know the Lord Jesus as his Savior? And so we went on and we prayed for like eight to nine months um, for Eddie. And what we ended up doing is that Amanda and I had decided that we were going to have a study that we did just with Heather and Eddie. And we did this for about two months. And what we did is we took them through uh, 40 stories. Um, it's called the story of hope, where we took them through 40 stories that pointed to who God is and helped the person to understand what the Bible said about who God says they were. And as we went through these stories and we shared Eddie would have all these excellent questions, and he was searching, and he was wanting to know more. And it just, it just amazed me, the, the questions and how engaged he was. And, you know, and as, he, as we continued to meet with him, he began to realize his sin. He began to realize that he falls short, and he couldn't understand how anybody would offer him anything but the way that he saw himself. And as we continued to go through the study, um, then Eddie, at one night, um, I was sitting with him in our living room, and he says to me that he is ready to give his life to Jesus Christ. He said that we just finished doing part of a study in Revelation, and he's like, I want my name in that book. And he was referring to the book of life that it speaks of in the book of Revelation. After all that time, eight to nine months of praying and two months of getting together and doing, doing study together, Eddie realized his need for a Savior, and he embraced Jesus Christ as his Savior, and it was awesome. There's nothing greater than seeing come, somebody come to know Jesus, absolutely nothing. And they, it turned out that they were just with us for a year. That they ended up going, um, Heather and Eddie ended up going back to New Jersey. While they were here, they served in guest ministries here at Bridgewater, and they did an excellent job, and it was great to have them. But we don't always know how much time we're going to get to spend with someone. But he was here that year, and, I, and, I, and this was like, God was like, all right, you're going to come here to Tunkhannock, and I'm going to show you who I am, and you're going to embrace you know, my son is as your savior. Like, God had a plan and then sent them back to New Jersey. And, and so it was just so amazing to see uh, God work in that way. And, and you know what? Our time is short. We don't have a lot of time. Sometimes may, we might think that. But I was really reminded of that this week um, as, I, as I thought about this change in life that occurred with Eddie. Um, is that I had a... Um, a friend of mine, a guy that, that I knew, um, who uh, passed away this week, and he he was um, a couple months ago. God had prompted me to go and share the gospel with this guy, and I didn't go. And it was a time where I was doing things that were important and they were valuable, 
Um, but I, I chose not to go. And, um, and then when I went to go this week, I found out uh, that he passed away. And that was hard. Um, and you may be here today, maybe you haven't responded to God's prompting to you in some way. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But I'm here to challenge you today, number one, not to beat yourself up over missed opportunities. Ultimately, it's not our job to save people. That's God's job. It's our job to be obedient to whatever next step he has for us to do. That is our job, is to follow after what God has for us. And one of our mottos here at Bridgewater is to pray, invest, and invite. So we're to pray for people. We're to invest in their lives, and we're to invite them. And yes, invite them to church, but invite them into your homes. Invite them to be part of your life. And as we look at this next year and we consider all that God could do, consider that he could use you. Our mission here at Bridgewater is to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. You hear about it often on Sunday morning. We have a carnation that represents a life that is surrendered to Jesus Christ. So part of becoming a disciple of Jesus is accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. But that's not where it ends. See, becoming a better disciple of Jesus Christ, that's our, our goal is to help everyone in order to grow in their walk with Jesus. And we have a way in which, by implementing like our core values, we have a way of, of trying to make that happen, um, to help people to become better disciples of Jesus Christ. And our core values are these. Number one, saved people serve people. You saw that one last week played out, and I'm telling you what, I was so excited. It was so much fun. Um, I was like lifting up fencing and things like that. I don't know. I mean, it was just, it was just fun to go out into the community and to serve, um, not only for, like, to get to do that myself, but also like to watch everyone else serving in the community and all the different responses that you get because it's about loving on people. And um, one of the, a couple of different things that I heard this week, um, one was regarding our community closet that we had, and, and there was a comment that somebody made that was like, I've never seen a church do something like this before. Like, this is awesome to do this for the community. And that just, it, that just made such a huge impact. Um, and I heard there was a, a lady who got help at her house, and she's like, it's so, it's so great to see life in church. It's so great to see young people serving. And she was just so excited, she, you know, and, and as, as there were people over her house, uh, helping her out, and, and um, she was just floored by that. And then someone else who had their garbage taken care of was like, you know, in our world today where there's so much negative stuff happening, it's so good to see that, that people want to do good stuff, you know, and, and that person was really encouraged. So I want to thank you um, for everyone for, all, for your service last week, and we want to have that continue to be a part of what we do because Jesus saved us for a purpose, and part of that purpose is to serve others. Um, the next one is everyone has a next step. Um, this one mostly you hear about small groups with, um, but everyone has a next step. It could be any of our core values. Um, a next step could be embracing Jesus Christ as your Savior. A next step could be baptism. 
Uh, next step could be learning how to read your Bible. Next step could be learning how to pray, attending a small group, serving somewhere in the church. There could be a ton of next steps that you could have that God could be working on in your heart. So that's another one where, where we uh, have to make more and better disciples. And the next one is life is better connected. Um, you're going to hear about this a lot over the next four weeks as we build up momentum to start small groups, um, but it's true. Um, God says that in, in uh, Hebrews that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, and that has to do with connection and connecting with other people. It's more than coming to church on Sunday morning, which I absolutely love. I love being here on Sunday morning, but life is better connected, so being able to connect with others in small group or as we serve together is just absolutely awesome. Um, and then next we give because he gave. Jesus gave us everything. Um, so one of the ways... Uh, that core values played out is when uh, we give financially uh, to the work, to the ministry. Um, and then, found people, find people. If Jesus has done a work in your life, if he has brought you to himself, then he wants you to go out and find other people. He wants you to share the love of Jesus with others. You know, and remember that Josh had said earlier, Pastor Josh said earlier, to pray and work. So part of working is choosing to serve, like we did last week, but also serving ongoing in our community and in our growing church. But perhaps you look around on Sunday morning, and you look around and you say, hmm, looks like everything's under control. You know, everything's running smoothly. I can just, like, you know, sit back. But the reason why things go well is because we have amazing people that serve here. We have amazing people that serve and do the work, but we could be even better if you chose to serve in a ministry, especially as we go to three services on September 11th. Three services affects all our, all our ministries here, but most significantly, it affects our guest services ministries, it affects our worship and our tech team, and it affects the preaching team the most. So we ask that for your prayer, and we ask for your willingness to serve. So I want you to be aware of some of the needs that are out there. Um, guest services, um, you may have noticed pretty much most anyone that's got a name tag on is part of guest services. Um, that fulfills our core values in that you, you get connected with people. It's serving. It's also found people find people as well because you know what, I don't know about you, but when I first attended Bridgewater, one of the most significant things to me was is that people were friendly to me. People smiled. They, they, I felt comfortable. I felt like they cared. That's why I stuck around. And so guest services is a really important ministry because it's how we initially show love to other people as they come in and as we help them. So I'd encourage you in this way to get involved with guest services. Um, Room hosts is one of the needs. Now, room hosts are those that you see when you walk in the door on either side, all right? They're usually welcoming you as you come in the room, and they're usually the ones rushing around trying to get chairs. As more people continue to pile in, they're rushing around getting chairs. Um, but uh, room hosts is something that we need. Um, it's also called, a, we also used to call it usher, um, but it's, it, we call it room hosts now. 
Um, so there's the need for that. There's the need for crossing guards. You've seen them out there in their vests. Maybe they've helped you across the street. Um, a very important need. And then, um, and then also outdoor greeters. Uh, so somebody outside to say, hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, so guest services is one that we need. Uh, um, Bridgewater Kids. You know, just like all the ministries here, those that are working in kids' ministry do a fantastic job. Um, they work with those kids, and they love them kids. I've, I've been, I watch them. I've gone over there to watch it, and it's just it's a, it's a blast. Sometimes I want to go over there and have fun with them. Um, but the reality is that Bridgewater Kids uh, is in need of some more workers as well. Um, there's needs for uh, teachers from K through 5. Um, there's also needs for rally helpers. And this a rally helper is somebody that basically, you know, r- runs around and jumps up and down and sings songs with the kids and, and has, has a blast with them. Um, so I think they keep some sense of order, but I'm not so sure how much. Um, but the, so the rally helpers is a fun, a fun thing to do um, over there in, in Bridgewater Kids. And then uh, there's also a need for uh, pre-K helpers. Um, and... As we come to the, to the worship team, I, I do want to say that regardless of however you are serving here, like if you're serving with your heart to God, it is all considered worship to God. So we're going to talk about the worship team here, but I want you to know if you choose to serve in a ministry, guest services, kids ministry, whatever it is, your heart is in it to God, then that is also worship to God. Worship to God is not just our singing on Sunday morning, or the worship team that's up here, our service to God is also worship to God. So um, our worship team needs band members, those that can play the keys, drums, electric, bass, and acoustic guitars. Um, so that, those are some needs there. Small groups, we need people to attend small groups, Okay. I, I will say that first and foremost. It's, that's, that's an opportunity to serve because not just attending a small group, but investing in a small group. You go, you go to a small group, and you, you, it's not just about showing up. You go there, and you get to know people, and they invest in your life, and you invest in their life. And when you come about things in life, that you walk through together. And um, I love that about small groups. So it might be attending a small group, consider being a host, or possibly the possibility of leading a small group. And finally, uh, giving financially. This is a way to serve. Um, all that we do here uh, is for Jesus. This is his church. And um, so giving financially is, is part of that. Um, that's a way to serve. Um, it's a way to serve Jesus. Uh, it's a next step. And it's a way that found people find people. Because if we couldn't pay the electricity bill, then we wouldn't be able to have service here. Uh, we wouldn't be able to have the buy the coffee that's out there that's so good, right? Wouldn't be able to do that. Um, and so next is a prayer for Tunkhannock. As we consider, as we, we come upon this, this next year, um, my prayer is that people that don't know Jesus find hope in him. Like Jesus who looked at the multitudes, when he looked at the multitudes of people, he felt compassion for them is that we would all look upon other people and we would have compassion and love for them. Regardless of who they are or where they came from or whatever, 
that we would have that love for them and that we would show them the love of Jesus and help them to find him. And then those who don't know Jesus finding real community. This has to again do with small groups. Um, we get connected in real community with people that we can walk through life together, serve Jesus together. It's just an awesome thing. So that my prayer is that we would, everyone would find uh, real community. My prayer is that there'd be 80% of our attendance on Sunday morning that would be in small groups. Actually, 100%. We'll say that, but <laughs> I'm hoping for 80. Um, but it would be awesome if it was 100%. That's how much I believe in that. And, and next, uh, those um, struggling emotionally to find peace. Um, if you know me, you know my heart. You know I've spent my entire career working in mental health. And so I know that people struggle emotionally. And I want them to find that peace and, and find the hope that can be found in Jesus Christ. And it's about them coming to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. But it's about so much more than that. It's about those next steps. Okay, well, how do, I, how do I challenge these thoughts, these negative thoughts that I'm having? What do I do with them? How, how do I approach this situation or deal with this relationship? So my prayer is that those struggling emotionally would find peace and they'd find those next steps that they need to make those changes in their life and to be transformed. And then also those uh, trapped in addiction would find freedom in Jesus um, over the past couple years with the pandemic, we've seen a tremendous um, struggle. Uh, we've seen um, a lot struggling with mental health. We've seen uh, an increase in suicide attempts. We've seen an increase in overdoses. And the reality is that there is hope for people. And so my prayer is that people would find the help that they need, they would get connected, and that they would ultimately find a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as, as we think about these concerns, I ask you to commit them to prayer. Consider how God could use you to meet the needs and show others to Jesus. You might say to yourself, Kurt, you don't understand. I'm not good enough to serve in the church. Well, if everyone did not serve because they're not good enough, then this would be a very empty place. So let's see what Paul says about who is competent to serve in 2 Corinthians 3, 1 to 5. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, like some, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are a letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on stone Tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Isn't that amazing? Like, it says we are a letter of Christ. So if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, then you are, you are an example to someone else. You have a story to share with them. To share the light of Jesus, the evidence of the ministry of God in your life, you have the opportunity to share with other people. God has a purpose in your life. He can and he will use you. Perhaps you feel incompetent for ministry. Well, that's a good place to start. Because our competence in ministry comes from Jesus. As we submit to him and we obey his word. 
So I want to encourage you today that if God is encouraging you to step up in some way, that you respond as you walk out today. Maybe it might be for signing up for a ministry. By checking one of these things, this is at the Welcome Center. Um, you can grab one and check off if, if the Lord is stirring in your heart to serve in some way. But what I want to say is that either way, it is a journey. Just like my friend Eddie, who I mentioned in the beginning, it may take some time, but my prayer is that God will provide the workers and that, that we would be willing to do the work of the ministry. And as I close this morning, I want you to think about something. Part of our vision here in Tonkanic is to see more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. But one of the ways in which we want to see that is by multiplication. I, I don't want it to be where it's just like myself or Adam leading people to Jesus. If the, Jesus has done a work in your life, I want everyone in here to have the confidence to be able to share the gospel with another person. With confidence. To be able to share your story. This is what God did in my life. And I want to share it with you. And then I want to tell you the hope that you can have in Jesus. So what we're going to do, I'm going to have a sign-up sheet for this. Um, if you have interest, maybe uh, you want to be able to share your faith. Uh, maybe you're afraid to share your faith. Something along those lines. We're going to have a, a small group that's specifically um, for that, to learn how to do that, uh, to share your story, and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others so that you can go and then share with them and lead them to the Lord. So we're all part of what God has been doing here at Bridgewater. And my prayer is that we would continue to see life change as we pursue making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. And this morning... Um, we're going to go actually go right into communion, and I think it's very appropriate that we do because the whole reason that we're here, that we're doing what we're doing, is because of what we talk about in communion. God sent his son Jesus to be whipped and beaten and to die a terrible death so that we could have life. And for those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior, this is, a, this is a remembrance of what he has done for us. This is a remembrance of what he has already done. So I want to encourage you, go ahead and grab your cups there at your seat. And a little a healthy tip here is that you can push down on this lever, and that sort of helps it to break so it's easier to open. Um, so, Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. He died on the cross and he rose again so that we could have life. And I know we celebrate this once a month, but let's just be something we celebrate in our minds all the time. Is that, wow, Jesus saved me of all people. And if you want to go ahead and, and tear off the plastic top layer there for the bread Jesus said that night he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and he said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance 
of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning and we can never, ever truly thank you enough for the free gift of salvation through your Son. And I pray, God, that if there are any here this morning that do not know you, God, that you would work in their hearts, that they would embrace you this morning. And I pray, God, that if you're working in any hearts to serve you, that you would give them the courage to step up and to serve you. Because, God, there's nothing better than serving you. It is such a privilege. Thank you, God, for how much you love us. And we'll praise you all day long. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember when it was probably earlier in the year that we had first started talking about potentially moving to three services. And I'm going to share uh, my human reaction I had when I was told that I went. <sighs> because all that went through my mind was getting here even earlier, you know, being here longer. And then when I finally got over that and took a moment to just, you know, realize what it really meant, I was like, wow, God's growing his church. God's bringing more people here and impacting more lives. And so it should not be a sigh of more work. It should be a rejoicing of just, you know, what he's doing here. And I've jokingly told people on our leadership team that I'm praying for four services. <laughs> Maybe not, we'll see. But I encourage you guys just to remember that joy that, you know, there's, a lot of, there's always a lot of work to be done, ministry to be done, and we are the people God is called to do it. He's not looking for someone qualified because if he were, you know, we wouldn't, none of us would be it. No one, you know, the people you read in the Old Testament, they wouldn't have been it either. He just wants someone willing. So let's surrender to him and just continue praising him one last time this morning. <laughs>